Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast that's looking into the digital revolution. And now I think we can also add in the Gen AI phenomenon and a new business world in some ways. And I just want to say before we start with uh, one of our very favorite monthly guests, Bonnie Tinder, who's the CEO and founder of Raven Intelligence. Um, I thought it was interesting, Bonnie, the uh, CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, in their earnings call uh, in late July, said he thinks we're almost at the end of this, uh, what he called catch-up optimization phase. And he's expecting, you know, some significant new business spending coming out now. So just uh, thematically, as summer winds down here, we, uh, I think, are heading for some better times. But enough about that crap. People want to see you and hear what's going on with you, Bonnie. So welcome. It's always a pleasure to see you. It's always a pleasure to see you, Bob. I'm excited about our talk today. All right. All right. I know. I, I'm sorry I got us off track a little bit, but all this stuff with the cloud, whether you know it's Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, Workday, ServiceNow, IBM, Google Cloud, you know, all the folks in there, they have done, I think, Bonnie, it's been a long march, right, to come from the time not that many years ago when the whole thing was they just talked about the products they were creating, and then they'd sort of toss them over the wall and hope that somehow customers would be able to figure out what to do with them and how to make it work. But the new world of the cloud requires a very different mindset, a very different approach toward customer success. And what you've got now through the research and the work that Raven Intelligence does and your own expertise tracking things like this for so long, uh, it looks like you've got some great uh, insights on what's happening with customer success and customer experience. So, Bonnie, over to you and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, Bob, as you mentioned, it is uh, definitely a dramatically different world than the days of, uh, you know, legacy software where it was a capital purchase and, um, you know, every several years a customer would, would, would buy something new. In the world of cloud, it is a, and, and SaaS, it is an ongoing repetitive revenue stream for the software vendors. And so service and stickiness and customers uh, who renew every year um, is the name of the game for them to, to grow and expand. Um, so this idea of customer success is really at the forefront of every single one of these software vendors' minds, and they have changed um, their, I think, uh, marketing approach to be, yes, a lot about software innovation, but more about all right, so how are we going to continue to deliver um, results for you through through software? So, um, yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to talk through customer success at these organizations and how that has changed. Uh, Bonnie, that's great. I'll tell you, you know, one example of, um, you know, what you just described very well there, the shift in their mindset. And it doesn't, just because of these title changes, it doesn't mean that SAP is doing things better or worse than the others, but the very public um, shifting of a couple things, including the titles of a of particular executive, I think really reflect at least one company's focus to do this right. So SAP used to have their top salesperson was the head of global field operations. And then somebody else was in charge of service, somebody else in charge of uh, you know, support. And what SAP's done uh, you know, a year, year and a half ago when they moved Scott Russell up to that what had been the you know head of uh, global field operations? They his title is uh, head of global customer success. 
So they've rolled up uh, service and support and all the other pieces that go into that. And I think more and more, we're going to see other companies do that. So whether they reflect it in the titles, but at least organizationally, they know that they can have customers talk to one person for the upfront sales, somebody else for support, somebody else for service, somebody else for technical expertise, right? So, and you've really got some great thoughts on that. I, I just think this is such a an important cultural thing for the technology vendors and to the customers. If you feel that there's a tech vendor you're working with who's sort of still got you working in the old way of, you know, hey, it's not my problem. Talk to somebody over there. That's that That's just not what customers deserve or want these days, right? That's right. And, you know, I think the onus or the, the buck doesn't stop just in one place for customer success. It lands in really, you know, sales, marketing, the onboarding, our implementation group, customer success. I mean, that's the obvious place. It, it also has product involved with that. And so it's not just a single person that's responsible for customer success. It is multiple areas within the business. I would argue to say it's everybody's. The buck stops everywhere um, for customer success, but it's really a shared, um, how should I say, a, you know, proposition for those main areas to keep a customer, um, you know, not just satisfied, but continually growing with um, with the product and um, you know the this idea of having. Uh, value delivered for them um, is is really important. And that's not just one person's job. It's, it would be impossible to do that. Bonnie, you know, one of the, uh, I don't know why I said, you know, I mean, you did it. So clearly, you know, but uh, the value of RavenIntel.com and your company, Raven Intelligence, is you've got firsthand reviews, including what the partner's role, the customer's role of software projects from companies like Oracle, Workday, SAP, and others. So, right, you've got some sort of fresh data around this notion of customer success and how things are going there. So let me turn it over to you and tell us, you know, what are some of the the things that jumped out at you, Bonnie, and that need, uh, that customers need to be most aware of and that these tech vendors uh, need to address and be sure they're on top of? Yeah, so... We look specifically at customer success and um, satisfaction around the implementation of a particular software. So we look at something from a point in time, but we really look at multiple different areas of satisfaction. We look at the partner, how satisfied was the customer with the partner? We look at how satisfied were they with the project itself, whether that was an optimization project, whether that was phase X, or, you know, it could be a full new install. We ask them about the project itself. And then finally, we ask them how, you know, what's the satisfaction with the software vendor. Mm -hmm. And so while those are three different categories, I would argue to say that they're intrinsically linked and they're not radically different from a customer's viewpoint, because if a project goes bad, they're going to rate the software vendor poorly as well. Even that, if that was, you know, in their mind, the fault of a, a, a partner, et cetera. So, um, you know, I want to be clear. What we look at is that is really that point in time project and the success of the software getting, um, you know, onboarded, you know, initially. And so I would say when we see a customer who rates a software vendor 
let's say uh, they're a detractor. So they rate them a seven or less out of 10. You know, typically that is a, uh, initially, at least with these projects, there's an expectation that they had about what the product would do for them or the expectation about the implementation, how easy or the cost of it, it would be and what was actually delivered. So they had an expectation that was one thing and it was um, for any number of reasons uh, did not come to fruition. And we find out why that is through the course of the, uh, the, the review that the customer tells us about, about that project. But I will tell you that typically in that initial phase, of what we would call customer success. It's based on a misinterpretation, whether that was sales that did not state the um, you know, capabilities of the product correctly or a misunderstanding of the partner not scoping the, the, the project well, that something was missed along the way. You know, I would say sometimes it's the customer who had an expectation that they didn't communicate clearly and they thought they were getting something and um, you know, they was really the the burden was on them because they didn't you know do the the right due diligence on their part. So, um, you know, a lot of those factors go into I think that initial uh, you know success picture that a customer will have during implementation. I will tell you that over time, if an implementation goes badly, that first year is the real defining moment for a customer and whether they're going to be successful with that vendor in the long term. Everybody has some pain that happens during implementation. It's rare that you know everything just goes swimmingly. Um, but on the other hand, if things go very badly from the beginning, um, it's you know it's it's not going to set um, the, the right groundwork for a good long term partnership between the customer and the software vendor over time. It's hard to to dig out of a, a negative implementation situation. Bonnie, can I share a personal experience that, you know, reflects that sort of thing? In college, two of the classes I took, one was accounting uh, and one was calculus. And I got an F on the midterms in both accounting and calculus. So I did not get off to a good start. But at the end of the year, somehow I ended up with a C in each class. And I don't know how, because once I dug that hole the first half, everything you're doing in the second half is predicated on knowing what the first half taught you. So I, I think I'm admitting here after, uh, you know, a whole lot of years. So the university can go back, change my grades if they want. That's okay with me. But if you <laughs> don't get off to a good start and you think you can just sort of work a little hard on the second part, I know from experience that is not going to work. Bob, I can't agree more. And my son is starting his freshman year at college. And for us, it's like that first month, just making sure that he has a successful first month is going to be, you know, huge for his whole college's experience. So uh, yes, that's a huge, it's a huge uh, defining moment. And Bonnie, you know, one other thing I just wanted to point to that struck me from your description of here is, you know, when things get off track that the, the root cause often is not so much technology, but it's communication. The customer expected this, the vendor delivered this, or somehow, they were just not close to being on the same page. And again, I, once you get off to that uh, flawed premise and misaligned expectations, it it is really hard to get that 
back on track. So it isn't the technology, it's the communication in some ways. Very much so. And, you know, if you get to a point in a project where there's lots of finger pointing, you know, the customer says it's the partner, partner says it's the software vendor, software vendor says it's the partner, like that, that, that whole mess of, you know, the blame game um, is really difficult uh, to get out of. And it has nothing to do with the technology. It has everything to do with how three parties are, are communicating together. And I would say the best software vendors are the ones who, um, you know, can really uh, alleviate that sort of messy situation with, um, you know, clear knowledge base, um, very structured onboarding process, um, you know, good training, good train change management that's pre-built into every situation because it's so easy to fall into that blame game. And um, so the, the best vendors have been there. They've gone through those difficult situations and they've they've sort of engineered a process with all three parties to make sure that type of thing doesn't happen. Whereas the poor vendors and the ones who are really rated poorly during implementation are the ones who everybody is operating in a silo and, um, you know, sort of singing out of their own, their own songbook. So yeah, that transparency among all parties is a, is a big deal, not just during implementation, but even ongoing too, you know, when multiple departments internally can have visibility into what's happening with a customer, um, you know, that's where you can pinpoint where is the breakdown, you know, or where's the isolated issue as opposed to, oh, this whole situation, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, it's easier to spot the the sort of, um, you know, gaps when everybody has transparency into the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bonnie, the, the, the sort of the theme of today around customer success, right, it's a relatively new uh, part of the organization for the technology vendors. What's your sense of how the customer success teams are uh, are doing these days through the eyes of the customers and partners that you track? Yeah, so I would say um, you know it's it's slightly mixed. There are um, there are really good examples, and there are more examples where customer success is more like reactive and like you might as just as well call it customer service. Um, because it isn't about, you know, helping to adapt in the change of a, of a customer over time. Um, you know, the big thing that customer success, that term, um, you know, is measured on internally is what's the client retention and what's the churn rate. Uh -huh. And um, so those are the, the two things that get measured. Those are the real easy sort of KPIs. Um, but if those are the only things that get measured, that sort of misses a larger equation with, you know, how are you delivering for the client in terms of, um, you know, beyond just retention? How are you helping them, um, you know, grow as a business? How are you helping them continually adapt to, you know, this idea of digital transformation and things like that over time? Um, you know, because just because you have don't have churn one year doesn't mean that, you know, when the contract runs up in two years that you won't have churn. So I yeah. think the whole idea of customer success is um, sure retention and churn is a big area, but customer adoption and customer growth are some of the, the other KPIs that when you look at those really tell a more complete picture on how satisfied clients are. Okay. Okay. And Bonnie, how about 
you know, uh, in this sort of new mindset that the tech vendors have to develop in concert with partners and customers around success, how do you, what, how are you seeing the role of the sales team evolve? So I think sales are probably involved for a longer period of time than they ever have been because there's more opportunity to potentially uh, grow the business. And so, you know, we see um, a lot of vendors moving to a sales uh, engagement that lasts potentially the lifetime of the client. And like anything else, the more churn that you have with people and relationships internally, um, the less sticky a client will be. So if you're working with the same person that sold you the software to begin with, and you know is dedicated to the lifetime um, value of your business. Um, that's probably better than having you know five different salespeople through the next two years of of your contract. Um, so I think number one, they look at they're looking at things more on a long term basis um, in order to really realize value and to make their money. It's one thing to get a commission on a single year contract. It's yet another to continue to get paid because a customer um, keeps coming back and back because they're so happy. So I think that's a big piece. I think the other thing is the importance of customer success for sales is more important than ever because it's the way that they can sell additional business. And so for instance, reviews, that's the business that I'm in. I'm, you know, we're all about measuring customer satisfaction with projects and partners. Those numbers are really important for a salesperson because they become a very independent proof point that what they are doing is successful for clients. And so I think, you know, this idea of being able to measure the customer success and prove that helps open more doors for sales and marketing. And so this, this whole idea of measurement is, is a, it's a good business practice because yes, you want to know that your clients are happy, but even more important, having those proof points helps you win more business as a result of that. So, you know, all of those things I think are important to sales in terms of, of measures. Yeah. Yeah. And Bonnie, I know you had, uh, you had some thoughts too on the marketing team and, you know, that creating, articulating what the products do, what the value proposition is, uh, what can be done there. Um, is it, if I could go back to your point about, you know, you got to get off on the right foot here that everybody sort of understands. Is that marketing involved in that? Or is there a team like, you know, sales engineering or is it the salesperson? How does marketing play in with those folks to be sure that from the, the very beginning, the customer, the partner and the vendor are all uh, united in their expectations? I think a great customer success experience makes marketing's job exponentially easier. But I would add to that, having measurements that show and prove an excellent customer experience make marketing's job even less expensive because yeah. very inexpensively, they can show the proof points about what's happening in terms of use case of their software and the, a realistic viewpoint of what happens once you buy our software, how easy is it to implement? How good are we at maintaining and growing the value prop over time? So um, what I would say is 
marketing is very involved in the customer success equation because proving that out is part of their job to help create that, that value story for the market. And if they don't understand what that customer success picture is, and they don't understand who their references are, and they can't tell a complete picture about how customers are using and benefiting their products, you know, all they're doing is coming up with campaigns that are sort of meaningless, wow. um, you know, and, and really don't have any teeth because, you know, nowadays customers don't want to be marketed to anymore. They want to hear realistic stories. They want to hear candor from clients who have gone through the experience and, you know, that authenticity is so important. So, you know, all of this to say is the customer success uh, measurements um, is absolutely falls within the marketing area as well and can be a, a huge feather in their cap or uh, detract from their message. Yeah. And Bonnie, one last, uh, you know, piece there from the vendor side is, you know, the product and engineering teams. Are you seeing, you know, does your research reveal that the companies like Workday and SAP and Oracle, are they getting their, those, you know, developer teams, their engineering teams more directly involved with customer engagements? I, I think so, because the the product team really needs to understand like the pulse of the market because it's changing so dramatically every day, especially now that we have AI and it seems like every other day there's there's some new development there that that people want to to get working within their products. So I think, you know, the product team, um, in order to really create and uh, develop their products over time need to be intrinsically linked day to day with with customers and and not just customers but prospective customers yeah. you know so that they understand competitively what are we up against you know why are we losing deals um, is it specific to our software is it a specific piece of functionality if they can't isolate those um, those individual you know loss points then you know their software isn't gonna is going to make it very, very long. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bonnie, with all this too, you know, you've got then the, the role the customer has to play. So how would you advise a customer to give himself or herself the best chance of having a fantastically successful project? Yeah. Um, I think most important is align with the, the right uh, businesses and people initially. So, you know, if you're iffy on, oh, like, I'm not exactly sure this partner is the right fit or my vendor chose them for me, but, you know, you know, you want to feel like 110% uh, committed to the teams that number one, you get assigned and also that the software vendor that you choose is going to be with you for the long haul and not just leave you hanging um, at the, you know, during implementation and say, oh, well, that's the partner that needs to get you live. Um, so I would say, you know, make sure that number one, you're aligned with the right team. Um, you know, number two, identify gaps early because the earlier that you identify things and fix them, um, you know, problems don't get less as time goes on. They just continue to snowball. Just Bob, like your, your calculus midterm, right. That you mentioned, right. Or my son's second, uh, month of school, if he's not studying. So, you know, identify the issues early and isolate them and address them 
and you know make sure they're fixed before you move on. Um, again, fail, fail fast um, if yeah. if you, if that needs to happen. Um, you know, and be very candid. Um, know the escalation route that you need to take should you have an issue. Named people are always good. People who have responsibility, knowing who, who where the buck actually stops for a particular problem is important as well. So know those people and those strings that you can pull should you need to, um, you know, if a, if a problem comes up. And then I would say lastly, um, it is tell other people about your experience. Don't keep it all held in a black box. Use sites like Raven Intel to write about your experience through a review. It's anonymous, takes five less than five minutes, and it will help other customers know what they won't know um, before getting into a situation if it's if it's like that. Or tell us about the great experiences too. We want to hear those too. So uh, tell others, uh, let you know, educate others about what you've learned along the way. Um, Bonnie, if I know you just uh, recited a pretty extensive checklist there of things people should be doing. If you could offer some, uh, you know, high level advice to, again, let's call it Oracle, uh, SAP and Workday, from all that you've learned from all these, you know, customer reviews and partner reviews and engagements, what would you tell those three big uh, software companies? Be very clear about the success measurements of your clients and be transparent in telling, you know, the market about them, you know, whether they're independently value, uh, you know, evaluated, which I think is a huge strong point. Um, but I think customers really care to know what those are, even if they're not all five out of five stars. Um, but the more transparent that I think a vendor is about their customer success rates, customer satisfaction, project satisfaction, um, I think that is going to just pull more customers to you um, because they're going to be really um, confident that, you know, they know what they're getting uh, along the way as opposed to, you know, not ever sharing customer success metrics. And, you know, definitely Raven is a great place to get your customers to talk about, about you know, the positives and the challenges. But um, yeah, I think the more transparent a vendor is that earns points with potential customers more than ever. Well, Bonnie, that's a great summary there. And, uh, you know, before we wrap up, anything else that you wanted to add from your, your latest research there at ravenintel.com? Um, I think service is such a huge part of customer success and this idea that you have uh, relationships developed with your um, your software vendor and, and your consulting partner. So, um, you know, the more that, the deeper relationships that you can build with um, all of those, those parties, I think that will um, make your technology be the most successful for your business. Wow. Bonnie, that sounds great. I think as always, you've shared some, you know, fantastic insights here and, uh, people can learn more at ravenintel.com about what's going on. And I just wanted to also say thank you to you for allowing me to unburden myself from my academic failures from many decades ago. I feel better already. And I hope that, uh, you know, my experiences will help others avoid such tragedy. Well, Bob, I'll give you an A for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be a first. All right. I <laughs> <laughs> we'll counterbalance some others. Bonnie, thanks a million. Always great talking with you. 
You too. You too. Take care. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. She's Bonnie Tinder, founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence. And we'll see you next time.